Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Bang Kong Podcast. We are recording. I'm Nick Jimenez, joined by Mr. Mike Beltran, recording from what Mike uh, in our last episode termed the big house. Big house. It's a so, big house. So anyway, we're in my backyard. The last time that we spoke was a little more than a week ago. And at that point, you know, we were that deep into the coronavirus outbreak. Again, some things have changed. Um, we're going to lighten this up today. We're going to lighten it up. but uh, I'm drinking. We're, we are drinking. Tell the people what we're drinking, by the way, because so, this is a special situation. Actually, yeah. So you may never have been drinking on this podcast. I've before. never been drinking. I, like, I try not to drink ever, because, but I'm drinking on this podcast because right. it's, uh, it's that kind of day. So uh, we are drinking The Pipeline by uh, Bobby Gilardi, which is the beverage director of my company, and this is one of our pre-made cocktails to go uh, at uh, Ariat. Right. So what's what's in it? We're talking uh, barrel five different barrel aged. It's rum, five aged rums, orgeat, lime. Right. Uh, I don't remember. If, and there was something else. Curacao. Okay. And then um, basically you add ice. You shake. You add. You're supposed to add more lime to it, and then you pour over ice and you drink. Like we we are, and we are uh, drinking it just for the sake of shouting it out, because they're a friend of of Ariette. Um the Drew Estates uh, Undercrown Shade, uh, in a nice little mini Corona ish size. Yeah, Corona ish. Uh, oh man, maybe they're gonna want to na- change the name of like sizes of these cigars. That could be. They may want to start calling it the Corona ish. I honestly I forget what the actual name of this uh, of this size is. In their, actually, we have a little sticker here. This is the Corona Pequeña. So this is Underground Corona. Shade in Corona Pequeña. Uh, that's what we're smoking, and we're smoking it with Champagne Bobby's Cocktail. Champagne Bobby's Cocktails. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, he probably made this we with a cocaine shirt on. We could do the cheers. Ooh, let's the do it by the microphone. Let's do it. Right? Ah. That might be the best sound cocktails effect. Cocktails by Champagne Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be $50, Champagne Bobby. Uh, Actually, that's it's forty bucks for this cocktail. It comes with eight cocktails. No, I mean for the ad. Oh, <laughs> we're charging well, no, Bobby. We're, no, because Bobby is me, so we're true. the same. It's forty. It's forty bucks, and there's eight cocktails in each one of the containers. But he's done like several different things, types or yeah. whatever, like sizes, two cocktails, four cocktails, whatever. Right. So um, we'll lighten it up. But uh, before we get into the very light, um, we were just talking before we turned the mics on about the payroll protection program, which I think right. that a lot of people who are listening to this are a little curious about. Yes. Frankly, I don't know a ton, but I know that you, for obvious reasons, have had some exposure yes. to the details. So suppose that we're starting fresh. I came to you. I'm like, hey, I don't know much about this. What do you know about it? What should I know? What do you tell me? If you just want like the, the like very... Simple points. Yeah, like let's start with a summary and then two hundred and fifty percent of what uh, your highest peak payroll was in an annual, right? So if your payroll was fifty thousand, then what they're telling you is you're going to get one hundred and twenty-five thousand. Pretty sure that's the proper math. Yep. So what that means is that you get two payroll cycles plus you get another chunk of change that uh, pays for certain guidelines. Now. Um, I think that's the key word is that there's guidelines, right, to like how it works. I've heard a good amount of people that are not um, super pleased with the payroll protection program. And if there's things that I don't see that other people are seeing, basically it's uh, I think other people's gripe is that it's like not enough, which I mean, do we really know what enough looks like right now? I mean, I don't know. Like if this lasts another six months, yeah. 250% of one payroll cycle is not going to be enough. But we don't know how long this is going to last. So I think this is fine for now. I mean, if we get three months down the road and we're still sitting in the same parameters, you know, that we can't leave our house and we keep on getting these, like, red alerts from Jimenez on our phone f- telling us the same thing we already know, then, uh, yeah, I mean, something else is going to have to happen. But for right now, I think it's a good start. Along with that, 
uh, $50,000 SBA loans with 0% interest over the first 12 months. I mean, if we're expecting free money, no one's going to give us fucking free money. It's just, that's not the country that we live in. I mean, everything costs money. You get taxed on fucking everything. So it's like, yeah, I mean, everything comes with guidelines. And the truth is, and I will say this for people that are paying attention, the payroll protection program is not free money. You need to follow the guidelines. If you don't follow the guidelines, what is a grant ends up turning into a loan. And that loan will need to be paid back. So it's like, you know, if we want a freebie, I mean, it's just not a freebie, but we're getting money. So what, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah, we should be happy that we're getting something because some countries are getting absolutely fucking nothing. Not just some countries, but some industries. Right. Well, yes. Well, but then, you know, let's not talk about the industry thing because there are other industries that have less of an impact on the American economy that are getting more than the restaurant industry, but it's fine. We are part of a small business, essentially, depending on your size. So it's like, it all depends um, where you fall in like the larger picture. But the truth is we're getting some kind of money, right? Now, the way that they set it up, uh, the money-wise, the way that you apply for the money, the way that uh, the applications happen, um, all of those things. Yeah, I mean, you can complain a little bit about how they set up the parameters. Essentially, they go through banks. You like, you uh, you apply through a bank, but the bank is not responsible for your application. Does that make sense? Yep. So it's like you have to apply through the bank because the bank essentially has to follow, make sure that you're following the guidelines long-term to make sure that this stays a grant, not a loan, right? And if you're, um, if you think you're going to go to the bank for the bank to tell you how to do it, the bank is going to be like, you're out of gas here, you know? So yeah, I mean, I guess maybe that's like the gripe, you know? There's not enough education on how to make sure you're following the proper procedure to make it happen. So I don't know. I mean, at the end of it all, like, I'm happy that we applied for money and that hopefully we get it. Um, long term, uh, there's no, like, end game here. Like, there, no one knows when this is going to end. So what are the points of the payroll protection program is that you need to reemploy your staff by an X date in order to put that staff back to work in order to stimulate the economy. That is their thought process. There's a lot of other shit in that thing that probably doesn't make any fucking sense, but those are the bullet points for me. You know, I can bring back my staff. I'm getting money to bring back my staff. I'm getting money to put people back to work. I'm getting money to pay at least one rent. Um, you know, there's other things that I guess uh, you could say you want more, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's a pretty good start. By the way, quick interruption. Sure. We have been joined on Instagram Live by one Jake the Victorious Warrior. Hey. So what's up, Jake? Shout out to Jake the Victorious Warrior. Everybody should be following that guy. Yeah. It's much uh, cooler guy than us. Like about 250% cooler. Minimum 250% Minimum. cooler. Uh, yeah, we got to get him a, a new uh, set of food items to pan. To yeah, just, true. To just <laughs> poop all over. That's true. On this episode of Bancom Podcast is brought to you by... No, hold on. You, have to start. you said on this episode is brought to you by... What are you talking about? <laughs> start over. This episode is brought to this you by... This episode Santo of Bancom Podcast is brought to you by alcohol. <laughs> this episode of Santos... God damn it. This episode of Bancom Podcast is brought this to you This all by... should be in it. We shouldn't edit any of this. This is perfect. By Santos Sangria. This episode is brought to you by Santos Sangria. Santo Sangria is a brand you can depend on for quality and consistency at a great value. To traditional sangria made with tempranillo red wine and natural fruit juices, not just flavors, made in Valencia, Spain. And remember, if it's not from Spain, it's not sangria. Nick, stop hogging all that. Let me get some. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that sounds good. This is beautiful audio right here. Mm, Sound no engineer. No need for natural fu- fruit. This is perfect. <laughs> What do you? No need for natural fruit. No, this is natural fruit. It's f- natural fruit juice. What are you talking about? Santo Sangria has less than 100 calories per serving. Santo Sangria is available in 750 milliliter bottles. That's the size of a regular bottle of wine or a 1.5 milliliter Magnum. <laughs> Santo Sangria is available at your favorite supermarket and wine shop. For instance, 
Presidente Supermarket, Bravo Supermarket, Publix, Sedanos, Navarro, Broward Meat and Fish, Fresh Market, and many more. Ask for Santo Sangria by name. It's also available in white, made from Moscato wine and natural fruit juices. Remember, in these days of uncertainty, trust a brand you know, or if you don't know it, one that has been recommended to you by the people at Pancom Podcast. Mike, take a sip of this. Tell me what you think. Let's keep in mind, by the way, that I have put no fruit in it and that it has not been chilled all that much. Wow, that's absolutely incredible, Nick. There you go. Santos Sangria. That's what you got to look for. Ask your grocer, ask your liquor store, ask whoever you buy sangria from for Santos Sangria. <laughs> by the way, Santos Sangria, uh, owned by the family of a listener of this podcast. So shout out to Jen. Uh, thank you, Jen, for this sangria that has us recording such a silly ad <laughs> right now. Uh <laughs> That's, that's the best audio we've had on an ad ever. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, but really, like, so we're drinking this right out of the bottle, and it's good just like that. I'm frankly enjoying this right now. Uh, I took some to my parents. My mom is much more of a sangria person than I am, and she uh, diced up some fruit, marinated some of the fruit in this sangria, and then we mixed it all back up together, and uh, yeah, we had the sangria that way, and it was good. You can find... Santos Sangria at your, local, at your local grocer. Find Santos Sangria on Instagram at Santos Sangria or visit them at premiumblend.com, which I am shocked is their URL because that's also like a Comedy Central stand up thing from way back. So, Santos Sangria. Mm, Santos Sangria. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> You may have already talked about some of these things, but I guess I want to reframe the question a little bit because you, you're you in the position where you have partners uh-huh. who sort of have different areas of expertise than you do. Yes. There are other people in the business uh, and in any business who don't that necessarily don't. have that. So Correct. over the course of this, what were the things that you found yourself thinking like, oh, man, I'm glad that I have these people in all, my circle? All of this. Okay. All of this. I mean, you know, I'm like a day-to-day operator that has a good foundationary knowledge of what how the economy the economy works food-wise right um but when it comes to working with banks looking at loans how does that affect the business long term uh what are the pros and cons of all these things like i mean it's not my area of expertise but it's what they do so i mean benefits of having people like this and good people because there are people that are not good people right? That uh, specialize in money and finances um, has been a huge, you know, blessing, I guess. You know, they, it took a full, I think, seven to 10 days for them to wrap their head around everything that we needed. And then when the day happened that we were ready to apply for all of these programs, these loans, these grants, and um, for the payroll protection program, we were prepared and we were one of the first people in line to do so. Not everyone has that ability. You know, um, my partners have reached out to people that are within our circle and offered their assistance, obviously for free, just to, you know, help other people in the community. But it's really like not everyone is good at these things, right? And, you know, um, actually the our bank is right next to the restaurant, so I've become very friendly with them. Uh, and, you know, they're... What they've told me in return is that there's people that are coming to them, to the bank, asking them for guidance on these things. And truthfully, the bank is not prepared to answer those questions either. Yeah. The bank is just prepared to accept your application and work with the government to make sure that you're following all the guidelines. So from there, I don't really know, um, you know, like I, I can see the flaw in that system for people and why they would complain about that system. But at the end of the day... I think we're presented uh, with a situation that no one really knows the answers to mm-hmm. or like what's the right way, I guess you would say. Sure. Right. Um, is there anything that you want to get into before we go a little lighter? Like maybe there's stuff about this whole situation that we haven't talked about on the podcast that's been on your mind over the last week that you want to make sure we cover. No one should say that the government should control anything about food. I, I think an example. 
Like we just go, we're gonna go. Or... Yeah, delivery. Like you know, like obviously, I feel like um, Dave Chang has like such a gigantic following of people that he just throws like sentences out into the Twitterverse for to get people riled up to get them all worked up because he's sitting at home not fucking doing anything, right? So like, I feel like people are reacting to that, and obviously because of his like who he is as a figure people are like yeah it's a great idea no that's not a great idea yeah along those same lines i, I think that we talked also about i was listening to his podcast and i forget what other he had two guests on i forget who they were they might have also been chefs or restaurant owners uh i mentioned like you know i'm paraphrasing but you know if this crisis gets bad enough maybe part of the solution is having government-owned restaurants and it's like my thought immediately was like what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? yeah no dude? let's ask you about how that's working out right Right. You know, government owned and regulated restaurants. Yeah. It's just not working out well. I mean, the less, I mean, the government's. We're strong, getting a lot of eggplants from Andres Kaifet. <laughs> perfect. The, the government's involvement already with our food industry, look how detrimental that's been to us. Like, how it's been detrimental to the farms. Like, now we're talking about putting them in play for food delivery. It's a terrible idea. It's terrible. The only way that that collectively works in order to get these food delivery people to stop being such pricks is by uh, everyone at one time saying, we are no longer going to use you. Now, it's going to take a lot of balls for people to do that, for them to say, we're just going to stop using you for 30 days and watch how they stop making all their money. Then we control, like we have the power at that point to tell them, you know, X, Y, and Z. But at this point, if we're, if we're expecting the government to step in and fix it for us, that's just not going to happen. It's not real. That's not realistic. I don't think because, you know, like um, Matt Hinckley, which I don't know if anyone knows who he is. Uh, he owns Hin- Hinckley's Fancy Meats. Yeah, he's an he's isolated iguana. On yeah. Um, Do you know what that comes from, by the way? I don't know what that comes from. At least half of it now makes more sense than it did before, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Matt Matt's response to when somebody posted that was like, unless you have like a rich uncle or uh, a lobbyist friend, then how does that benefit you at all? You know, it's not because what's it going to go back to, you know, who is in the political favor of somebody else? And if your restaurant isn't or your delivery service isn't, then you're going to get fucked long term. I, I just I, to me, it doesn't make any sense. So. All right. So uh, shifting gears here a little bit. Uh, I saw a thing that you put on Instagram today. Yes. And I haven't brought it up because I thought this was a good place to bring it up. Please do. I would like you to explain because I don't even know, I don't know where to even begin to interpret. I will not be making bread. Oh man, this is, I don't this, know what that's about. No, I don't understand. Like everyone now, because everyone's stuck at home. Everyone wants to bake sourdough. Like you have I'm a not, beef you're not with people making bread. No, I'm just not gonna get roped into it. It's the same who's, thing. Who's it's trying like, to rope you in. No, just people. He's like, chef. You know, you've seen the sourdough craze. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not jumping into that. It's like the same thing with um, chefs wanting to do like an IG live recipe. Like there's some people that have the demeanor for that. I don't. Like, I just don't. I disagree, by the way. No, no. Like, Diego Oka, the chef at Lamar, he is an absolute delight to talk to, to listen to, to tell people how to make a recipe. I feel like he's like the Peruvian Jacques Pepin, right? Like, I watch Jacques Pepin make a recipe on PBS, and I'm like, ah, oh, that seems so nice. It's like Diego, but he's the Peruvian version, right? Yeah, but you don't. Ha- but not everybody has to be Jacques Pepin. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, know. you, could be, you could be somewhere between Jacques Pepin and stop saying it that way. <laughs> so bad. You could be somewhere in between him and like an action Bronson. No, I mean, but no, but I don't want to do that. So that's why I'm not going to. And that's why, you know, you just automatically put up flags. Be like, don't ask me to do this. I'm not going to do it. That's it. That's why I'm not going to make bread. And you know what's we crazy? Have a good point from you know what's from, crazy from Andres over here. I don't care. He about says you're Andres making points. pan con podcast. You're acting like you don't want to be in the public eye. And we're recording a podcast right now. Tell Andres is to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> quiet down like but no uh, i think the the bigger thing about the bread is how people are upset there's legitimate people that are mad at some people making sourdough at home because uh like the world is running out of flour or something and uh people are out of yeast and they're just like how dare you like try to make sourdough at home get out Shut up! Like, why are, why are we worried about people making bread at their house? Just stop that. It's just so yeah. stupid. That's some real caca de cheval. Oh, God. It's just so... I, I don't care. You don't want me to make sourdough? Fuck you. I don't care. Like, just leave me alone. Let people make sourdough and fuck it up. Because I'm going to tell you 90% of the time, they're probably going to fuck it up. Period. 
I'm going to go make more cocktail break. This right here is where we're coming back from our cocktail break in the finished product. Oh, yeah. And and coming back to the people. Right. Uh, in the podcast version of this. Sure. Another thing on the lighter side that's been brought up on this podcast before, uh, and we weren't able to really get too deep because it was a very one-sided conversation. I had questions. You had some answers. I saw Tiger King oh, start to please. finish. I'd, I'd love, like, I didn't. It's a terrible show. The people on the show are terrible. But that's not that doesn't make it a terrible show. Okay. That's like saying the wire is a terrible that. show because you don't like the people on the wall. Like, I don't want to be their friends, but it's a good show. No, but it's not the same. Like like the guy Joe Exotic or whatever, like that guy's fame now that we've handed him some fame. The guy's a terrible human being. The other the other guy Why why why, why is Joe Exotic a terrible <laughs> human being? Just, why why are we okay with someone having 220 cats, large cats in their backyard? Why is that okay? Well, I mean, it depends on who you ask. So I, it's like, I, wait, I no, wait, sorry, no, wait. So uh, the same people that would say that's fine are the same people that are, are okay with SeaWorld. Also okay with the same people that are okay with Miami Aquarium. <laughs> I, I want to I cut in here. On Instagram Live, Champagne Bobby is for some reason deciding this is the venue to express the reasons why he wasn't at work long enough today. <laughs> He's saying, P.S., I was only there three hours because I needed to rest for my three hours tomorrow. Okay, this is not the time or the place. <laughs> That's good. Bob, it's fine. This expired lime juice is delicious. Thank you. Okay, so so you have a problem with the cats. Yeah, no one should be allowed to have 220 cats when they don't know how to properly take care of them. What if they do? You think that guy does? I don't know how to care for a cat. That's why you're good with Petey, and that's it. Let's I think chalk it up to that. I think that those cats looked like they were in pretty good shape until Carol started ruining his life. Oh come on, Jesus man! I can't believe that you're actually like. How much of it did you see? Just one episode. Oh come on now. No, but I'm not going to dedicate any more of my life to that. What are you? What are you watching instead? I just watched The Hunters. How's that? Very good. What is that? I don't know. What that I, that I've was seen it like. Oh, uh, so thumbnail. Pacino. It's just like, you know, crushes it. Basically, it's a story that 30 years after the war, there's Nazis still in America, right? Okay. And this is all like, if you look into history, there's there's stories of this actually being factual, but I don't know. This is a little bit like the Americans. Kind of. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And basically, there's a bunch of Nazis that have changed their names and changed their lives and whatever, and they're like living everyday lives under uh, in like the American world. And then Pacino is like a survivor, and uh, he gets this group of people that are just out there to hunt down these Nazis. Now, there's a larger story to it that I'm not going to get into because I want people to watch the show, but it's essentially that. Very good. Okay. Yes. So that is a recommendation here. I Yeah, sure. You recommend Hunters. I recommend it. Cool. Um, I also recommend Picard. So this is a thing that I don't know if we've talked about here and that some people who maybe don't know you as well I may be surprised Trekkie, yes. to learn. I'm a big you Star are Trek fan. a Star Trek fan. I am. Are you partial to any particular series? Are you a Deep Space no, Nine the guy? Yeah, the, the Next Generation. Yeah, The Next Generation. Come on. Jean-Luc Picard is the best captain if you of all were, time. If you're ranking them. No, Next Generation is first. Um, I've never actually ranked them. That's a good question. Let's leave that for the next episode. Oh, come on. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's too much. That's a lot of pressure. Is there one that you just don't like? Uh, no. All I, of them? Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed all of them. I think that the new one called Discovery was actually very good, and I didn't watch that till just recently when we were all quarantined. Okay. I watched the first two seasons Discovery, of that. Discovery? Where, where did that air? CBS. That was a CBS thing? Yeah. What but it's th- interesting because CBS has that and they have Picard at the same time. What was the one that was like a prequel to the original with the guy, uh, what was his name? The actor who's like in a bunch of Lifetime movies or something. Um, I he's, don't. He's I, like a poor man's Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But so I, I have seen practically every episode of all the Star Trek things. Can I ask you? Can we yes. get some light out here? It's getting a little get some too light. dark, and I feel uncomfortable with you out here in the dark. Oh man. Uh, poor man's Kevin Sorbo. Yes. That's true. That was a good line. Thank Poor you. man's Kevin Sorbo. That's why I make the big bucks. <laughs> That's not true. I don't make any bucks. 
we are uh, available to sell ads here on Panko Podcast. Please reach out to Nick. And That's Venice. true. Yeah, Pankong Podcast at datemag.com if you want to advertise on this podcast, which, by the way, this will have been the first podcast in a little bit that had a, that had a new sponsor. We've had sponsors before, but this is a new sponsor coming into the fold. Yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Santo Sangria. By, ah! by this point, they'll already have heard the ad. We're oh, going to really? insert it super slick-like. Yeah, we're going to... We're going to do the thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you did watch Picard. Picard is good. I actually watched six episodes. How many are there? There's ten okay. right now, I think. But I, I discovered that my childhood friend is one of the writers for that show. Which is pretty cool. Which is amazing. And I was like, I was watching the show and then it said written by Nick Zayas. And I'm like, wait a second. This is, I know a Nick Zayas. This can't be the same one. So I text him and he was like, yeah, no, I wrote that show. Like, Get the fuck out of here. He lives in California, so I barely see him. But I mean, I'm talking about I've known this guy since we were like five. Right. And he was, uh, and they're already writing the next season, which is great. That means that they're bringing it back. That is cool. Yeah. Good what stuff. else we got to talk about in the lighter part of the world right now that doesn't involve uh, El Kiki Corona? So I would, I have a bit of an announcement to make around <laughs> Please, here. Please, I can't you wait to hear this. this. Yeah. Friday, Friday at 6 p.m. on this very Instagram channel, on Instagram Live. Oh, this is this is great. This I is, can't wait for this. This is really happening. Friday at 6 p.m., we will be joined uh-huh. by mentalist, magician, Alan Chamo. Bam. And he will be doing magic. He will be reading it's our amazing viewers' It's amazing how far minds. we've come. We have a magician. We have a magician. Performing on Instagram Live on Pancom Podcast. This is out of control. I'm over the moon. So uh, so I don't know what he's going to be doing exactly, but he is a mentalist, so it's like some mind reading, right. some what was you, which one was your card type of stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be doing some of that. The reason we're having him on is that he was uh, referred to us by past guest, actually two-time guest, Matt Kusher. Yeah. Uh, Matt's got a lot of time on his hands. He's trying so, to get on the show again. So Alan Jamo... Uh, is is a mentalist who primarily his like bread and butter was working on cruise ships, right? Uh, and corporate events. Obviously, that has dried up, and so there's also some interesting conversation that we'll have in an upcoming episode with him uh, about what kinds of adjustments he's made. If you've been listening to the podcast lately, you know that that's kind of been the theme lately: is like how are different people adjusting for this new coronavirus reality? Yes. Uh, and so, for a radically different perspective, we went to a magician. Uh, and I think some people will be uh, surprised and intrigued by some of the similarities that exist there. Uh, you know, if you think of your routine as your menu, yes, you got to make some calls about like what can be adapted, what needs to be scrapped altogether, what makes sense, what doesn't. Because this guy is basically working via like Zoom and Skype and whatever. Now, uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's that's the only way he can, right? He's, that's the only way to get to your audience. So he's got to design a whole routine of mentalism and magic uh that works digitally over the over the digital thing so so tune in friday 6 p.m friday at six we need to make this a big deal yes we're going to be big, promoting this big deal tell your friends tell your kids Everybody. tell your wife tell we're everyone everybody's minds it. out here tell everyone about it it's a big deal yeah um so how's uh, how's quincy people God, have not heard about I cannot quincy stand in a that while. dog right now he's yeah. such a fucking jerk god bless you know, like, I mean, he's a child, right? So uh, right now everything is like fair game. He just destroys all of my shit. It's just my stuff, too. Hats, shoes, doesn't matter where you put them, he finds them and he fucks them all up. It's incredible. Most recently what? My favorite hat. This is your favorite hat. Why? Because I bought it at a store in L.A. That That's the only store that has this hat. And it's got an embroidered patch of Muhammad Ali on the front. And it's super dope. And not even 10 minutes. I was upstairs for 10 minutes, and he just fucking crushed it. Tore it up. Tore it the fuck up. I don't Tore understand. Nothing else. Petey doesn't do that. Because Petey's a peach. We should call him Petey the Peach. I don't even know where he is right now. He's inside. Oh. He went inside. You're just leaving my doors open? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, did. I left your door open for the dog so he can go inside or out. He doesn't get to decide where he goes. No, come on. This is why Quincy thinks he runs that house. <laughs> That's not my fault. <laughs> Not my fault at all. None whatsoever. We have a question from Wu-Tang Lang. Oh, Rob. What is your favorite Bill Withers track? Oh, man. May he rest in peace, right? What a loss, Bill Withers. I got to think about that. 
There's so many. They're all no, so good. This is, no, I can't. I mean, you know, you like think about. We like, don't do Instagram of... live, so you can come back to people a week later. No, I, that's I. That's. Well, I'm going to change the game. I don't want to be told how to do this shit. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Name like a top three to five. No, I can. I, I I'm bad with like the actual names of songs. Okay, so I'm like a. No. <laughs> what am I, a clown? I get it. What am I here to entertain? Hey, cocktails, singing the, Bill Weathers. Get out of here. Over the course of the last week, two weeks, you have been doing a lot of uh, uh, wandering around, getting takeout, supporting the people. I have supporting friends in the business. I have. Uh, I have. I have. I mean, obviously, we'll name them by name, but let's also kind of get into what you had, what some of the cool things you saw were. Hey, Blue Collar is crushing it. Yeah. Man, the chicken parmesan at Blue Collar is fucking amazing. Blue Collar, by the way, owned by Pat Danny, Danny Surfer. He's part of the Pancom Podcast Hall of Fame. Right. If we wouldn't say that, he would probably be very mad at me. But yes, the chicken parm there, and he's he's getting these like strawberry cakes. They're just pink. I don't know if they're actually strawberry from like a local... Like an older local lady, and he's selling them by the slice. It's just amazing. It's like the whole experience. It's very Danny Surfer, right? Like, I feel like I should, it's like a Happy Meal, and I should get a yo-yo with my chicken parm. Right. But he he doesn't go that extra mile. But And I don't know if he would part with his yo-yos that easily. Nah, but he would buy everyone cheap yo-yos. Oh, there you go. He also, he did like a Passover thing, which he sold out of. I think he has like 250 orders for, which is amazing. He mentioned to me that he's probably going to be opening up Mignonette for like things like the sandwiches and like the popcorn shrimp and shit um, soon. You know, uh, I also went to Zach the Baker. I've actually gone like three times, gotten babka. He does egg salad by the pint, which is my favorite. I love egg salad. Um, his iced lattes are delicious. Vice City Bean also doing like all a lot of these places, I'd say 99% of them. You order ahead of time, and when you get there, your order is ready. So it's like that contact-less ordering thing. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different world, right? The whole contact-less ordering. It's yeah. fucking weird. But, um, yeah, Vice City, um, actually my uh, one of my favorite record stores. There's two of my favorite record stores, which is Sweat Records and Technique Records. I went and I bought some records for the office and some shirts for our staff because all his merchandise sales are going to his staff. Uh, oh, Arepa Bar. Man, their Arepas are delicious. Yeah? So good. Where are they? Uh, right next to Wynwood. Got it. I had never heard about them, but I've had this crazy craving for a cachapa, and that's where I got it, and it was delicious. We're, we've left one out here. Oh, yeah. Um, chicken pollo. Chicken pollo, man. That was good. That was delicious. Chicken pollo food truck. Chicken pollo. It's a big uh, Pancom podcast supporter. They are the only food truck that has a Pancom podcast sticker proudly displayed. Not the only restaurant. There are other restaurants that have Pancom podcast stickers. Shout out to Babes. It's on their smoker. Oh, man. Uh, Jason, but yeah, chicken pollo. If you're if you're in that like Westchester, West Kendall area, uh, that's, the, that's the spot. That's the movie. You looking for lighter? I'm looking for the cutter. Oh, man, I don't know. You don't know where the cutter is? Oh, right here. All right. Um, I feel like it's just the game is, like, so saturated. Well, it's not saturated. It's just all we can all do, right? Right. It's takeout and delivery. We actually started doing our own delivery, which has been, like, a very interesting thing, right? The place where the our own delivery is doing very well is the... Um, can I have the yes can of can of Venice mm-hmm. lighter? Um, is uh, with the grocery we're like doing our own Instacart thing, so you could we post our menu every day of what we have in the grocery selection, and then you can order it, and then we'll deliver it to you by six o'clock that day. Right. So it's like our own Instacart, if you will. Um, so the other delivery hasn't done as well. But still, you know, decent. Um, we're doing like Easter packages, just like Danny did the Passover package. Yeah, I saw that earlier today on on social media. Yeah. The, so what's what's in that? Um, so it's a choice of three proteins. You get a side of either meatless or with meat lasagna. You get a couple sides, and you get to like build your own dessert thing. Got it. It's supposed to feed a family of up to four. You guys have orders coming in for that already? I imagine. Not many. Okay. Not many, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it was just announced today. And it's also, like, people kind of getting used to this new reality of, like, planning for Easter that way. So it's a... 
It's a you different know what's, world. You know what's interesting? I got a phone call today about an event in August. They're really? like, yeah. Like, you know, they wanted to plan an event for 60 people in August. And I'm just like, it's so, like, far removed from my brain right now. I'm just like, for real? I, and, you know, I came up with a menu. I figured it out. But I was like, man. August seems like it's, like, light years away. Mm-hmm. Right? It just feels like it's like, are we, we need to like get there. We just don't know. Cause we're all like, okay. It's like we said three, we're three weeks into this thing. Uh, no one's sitting in our dining rooms, right? Right. Three weeks in. There it is. There it is. Um, and now we're talking about hosting parties at like 60 or 70. And it just seems like so crazy to me. And I was reading stuff on Twitter the other day and talking about, like, will the landscape of food and beverage look very different after this? And we don't know. Are they going to institute new regulations for us? Is it going to be a new premium to eat out? Like, is it going to be more expensive? Right. I know I know. Danny Meyer was on 60 Minutes, which I haven't actually seen the full thing yet. Um, but he's got like 3,000. He had to lay off like 3,000 employees. Yeah. You know? Um, it's just like, we don't know what this is going to look like on the other end. So it's like planning a party for like 60 is just so unrealistic right now. It's just weird, you know? Right. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're anticipating an event at that time, you almost have to start to go through the motions because you can't come out of a stay think, in, of a shelter in place order two months from now and then plan that kind of thing on, on less than a month's notice, for instance. Thank you. I, um... I agree, and I, I tell people all the time, like, we've been in this for three weeks. The first week was, like, crisis control. How do we pivot and make sense? And, you know, pivoting is very important. And, you know, we've seen so many people uh, really, like, take this on and do some really amazing things. You know, open up a grocery store. You know, the people at Itame and B-Side working with the World uh, World Center Kitchen with Jose Andres, and they're feeding, like, thousand people a day um you know it's just like it's incredible to see what people have done but at the same time it's important for people to realize on the other end of this it's you got to think about what the business is going to be like on the Mm -hmm. other side yeah how can you better set yourself up for business on the other side because it's going to be like half i think that's being nice Half, we're going to get half the sales of what we used to get. Now, the first couple of me- weeks may be, like, super strong because people want to get the fuck out of their house. Right. But after that, I, I'm concerned about how that how that will affect us. I mean, think about it. If this ends when people think it's going to end in Miami, we're going right into hurricane season. Right. So it's like, what are we going to do? Even if it, ended, if it ended now, we're pretty close. Like yeah. You've you got to start thinking about that at the very least. We're already in almost in summer here so it's like summertime for us is downtime so i think being like mentally prepared for what your business is going to be like on the other side too is critical you know set yourself up put your budgets in place talk to your people how like plan and plan and plan like i'm over like i'm a i over plan for things um thanks alex i know my cocktail looks great i agree (laughs) yeah i appreciate you so but if if you if you think we're just going to like snap and everything's going to be like back to normal, you know, who knows if we're going to go through what we went through in 2008 and 2009. Right. You know, and it's people are like, well, no, people aren't going to survive this. I'm more worried about the people that survive it and then how they react after the fact, you know, like uh, you need to make shift your business after the fact, execute the best that you can after what it's going to be like, because who knows what it's going to be like, right? Yeah, yep. it's going to be fucked. It's still going to be fucked. We're going to be fucked for a while. Yeah. Like regular business isn't going to go back to somewhat normal till the beginning of next year. Yeah. Like after the holidays. All right. So I think I think we're in a good spot to sort of wind down here. These guys. What are they? Yeah, Marty. What are you getting over there? If if you didn't know, Mario Obergon, that's Mario Obergon, uh, just dropped a new track with uh, – Danny Diaz-Ballard, which we all went to high school with, and it's on his uh, IG Live. Just did it yesterday. On his IG Live? or is, is it's, it... on, it's on his, I mean, it's an Instagram. It's like it's an Instagram, IGTV. 
That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, that's it. So he's uh, uh what is his handle? Mario? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Mar- Marty? Oh, yeah. Marty Mar Miami. M-A-R-T-I-M-A-R Miami. That's it. That's it. Like uh, like Martin Lawrence, Marty Mar. <laughs> he's nothing like Marty Martin Lawrence. He's basically yeah. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, I guess. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and wind down here. Uh, this is where in our podcast we like to offer you some recommendations, things that you should do, watch, read, eat. What do you got? I know we've talked about a bunch of things that you've done lately. The Hunters. The Hunters. And this is Al Pacino. This is Nazis in America. Chick- chicken Parm at Blue Collar. If you're in the Miami area, Chicken Parm at Blue Collar. Yeah, that's like, uh, it was so clutch. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Bobka, Bobka and egg salad at Zach's. That was also very clutch. Good stuff. So I am going to offer a nerdier recommendation. I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I forget the guy's plug. name. I apologize. Right? But now I... you're big time, Marty. What a plug. <laughs> huh? You're welcome. I'm gonna Free in... advertising. I'm, I'm going to edit in myself saying Stop. the name of this guy correctly. She, that, that, I'm sorry. Cindy Lou. This angel. This person is an angel. She is. She has every day baked for hospitals all over the city. Right? And then for some reason decided that she wanted to uh, drop off cookies for my staff and she dropped off a bunch of cookies in which i confiscated some for myself and uh we hit her with a bunch of food also but like she is just such a she's incredible those cookies are special so i'm gonna make two recommendations make a round around miami you get chicken parm chicken parm you get a latte and a babka and then you stop at cindy lou and get yourself a box of cookies for the house there you go um all right, so two recommendations. And work out all one, at the same time. So uh, one of them I'm going to insert here uh, because I forget the name of this doctor and how to pronounce it correctly. Doctor? Yeah, it's an interview on a show called Uncommon Knowledge. Some people might be familiar with it. It is hosted by um, Peter Robinson, who uh, is the guy who wrote the Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall speech that Reagan gave back in the 80s. Yes. Yes. Um, so this guy hosts this show called Uncommon Knowledge. He is at a think tank called the Hoover Institution uh, out of Stanford University. And he did an interview over the Internet, because that's how everything has to be now, with another Stanford guy who is a medical doctor at Stanford's medical school and an economist at a couple of uh, California-based think tanks. So it's interesting to hear a guy who is both a doctor, so obviously concerned with the uh, medical aspects of this, and an economist who is sort of also not losing sight of the business impact on people like you or anybody else who is in any kind of business, uh, talking about this thing. That doctor's name, who I was having trouble remembering, is Dr. J. Bhattacharya. Again, that's Dr. J. Bhattacharya. If you're searching for it online, that's spelled B-H-A-T-T-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A. Bhattacharya. Uh, so I will put a link to that in the uh, in the uh, website on our webpage for this episode and the description for this episode and all that stuff. Also, lighter recommendation. If you are Please. on Instagram, you should be following John Falco. Oh, yeah. Have you seen him lately? No. Okay, so Falco, who is Falco Hates Money, F-A-L-C-O Hates Money on Instagram. He is the proprietor of Strange Beast Beer and uh, uh, Brewery and Pizzeria. He's amazing. And also uh, Lincoln's Beard Brewery. John Falco, if we are to take what he's saying at face value, along with, and I'm sorry, I haven't met him. What is the guy behind uh, Sweet Melody? Uh, Mike. So Mike, uh, uh, Mike, God, uh, Romeo. Yes. Mike Romeo. What a peach that guy According is. to John, they have both made the very difficult decision to not live at home anymore to protect their kids during this time. Oh. And they're rooming together at the businesses. And John has been doing a hilarious job of documenting this whole thing. That sounds like a train wreck. It's awesome. It's yeah, the best Just knowing wreck. the both of them and interviewing the both of them, that seems like such a beautiful train wreck. So you want to follow Falco Hates Money to see him document uh, his life rooming with Mike Romeo of Sweet Melody Ice Cream. It is pretty great. He has already given himself a haircut. And bought a Star Spangled Banner cowboy hat. Can I say that we're one week away from people making bad decisions with their hair? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Fal- John Falco has made a no, questionable he's a, decision already. He's a trailblazer. So this I is believe true. it. This is true. I believe it. I just want to add, I will not be making any decisions with my hair, along with You're not, not going to make any new, any, any new questionable any, decisions with your hair. Relax. Take it easy, <laughs> champ. <laughs> Who knows what that helmet on your oh, head oh, is. Oh, I told my mom already, I'm like 72 hours from shaving my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and she's been very stressed out with this whole situation. Nothing about coronavirus has made her sadder <laughs> than the idea of me shaving my giant head. <laughs> That is uh, quite the living bobblehead. Yeah. 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 Um, did I already do my recommendations? You did. Yeah. I the did. Pacino thing. That was good. I also one? want to recommend one thing. Okay. I want to recommend something to uh, journal- journalists and PR people and people who write things. Yeah. Stop with the dumb questions of like, how has this affected your business? I, I don't know if I've touched on this already, but... Um, Obviously, this has affected our business in every which way. Have a little bit of humanity also when you write things and you tweet things. This is not all lovey-dovey. This is, I think right now, we see true fiber, right, of people. Like, stop with your top ten lists. Give me something of, like, some kind of integrity. Cover something that people want to learn about. There's people in this industry right now that are doing things, they're pivoting, they're making decisions to keep themselves alive, their businesses alive, and I think that we should think about that a little bit more. There's journalists in our city that have not cared and have looked at this in a very almost comical way, and there's others that have done a great job in covering this and doing their best to put out information for people about where to get certain things i do think infatuation miami is doing an incredible job to keep everyone in the know um about where to get stuff um support local has done a great job of keeping everyone in the know about where there is a grocery store i know that we have one i'm not just talking about us personally but others along with mine um you know like just get in there and like start to care about the person and the reality of what we're living. Not everything is supposed to be a cute tweet. Right. And I, I, I think it's very important for people to realize that we're living in a time that we need uh, to get our voice out there more than ever. Right. So I think some people need to look at themselves in the mirror a little bit more. And uh, instead of talking about what... Um, how everyone of us is doing the same thing, I would ask them, what are they doing to help the community as a whole? Right. You know? I'm going to expand on that a little bit because sure. I have a, an anecdote that I'm going to have to be kind of vague about. Uh, Shoot. So there was a, a story that was published. Hold in, on. Yeah. David Morales, do not cut your hair. Don't you dare do that. Oh, boy. Don't you dare cut your hair, man. Oh, man. That's fucked up. So Go on. <laughs> There was a story, and again, I'm going to be vague about this, but it's on purpose because I don't know how much of this I should be super public about. Uh, There was a story published recently in a newspaper about uh, a person who fell ill uh, who works at a big restaurant brand. Um, The story was written by this journalist almost entirely based on third and fourth hand Interviews, and no. Yeah, we'll get into it later. We'll get into it later. <laughs> this is too vague for me. I don't no, no, know no, all no, the listen, details well, there's here. A, there's a conclusion at the end. That, Go but, on. So, it turns out I uh, I know because I have spoken to a person that this journalist should have spoken to that none of what is in this story is true, and the danger here, and really this is the message from me to my fellow journalists, is. There's, there's sort of like this cliche axiom in journalism that is, you know, that journalists like to think that journalism is about, quote, and it's, I forget who said this, so apologies, but about afflicting the comfortable and comforting the afflicted, which is a cute idea until you consider that sometimes the comfortable are doing the right thing and sometimes being afflicted leads people to do the wrong thing. You have to be responsible about how you do this stuff because if you're going around telling stories that are reported incorrectly about, let's say, a workplace, then you've needlessly freaked people out 
about going to work correct, and about doing business there, which affects the people who do go to work. So uh, it can't just be that you feel like you're punching up, and so you, that must be a face worth punching. Like you got to be responsible about it. And the reason that I think this relates to your point is I think there are too many people who are used to phoning it in with these bullshit lists. Yeah. And now there's real, Copy and paste. Now there's real work to be done, and they're fucking it up. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's a real problem. It's a problem. Yeah. There's problems. If you look at... Um, Anyways, it's a fucking problem. Yeah. So it's, just, it's a problem. Let's do our shameless plugging. Give all your shameless plugs and then we'll do the podcast shameless plugs. Plugs for me? Yep. Uh, Chug's Diner, which is now a bodega and a diner. We also deliver mm-hmm. at Chug's Diner. Mm-hmm. At Nave Miami, at Ariette Miami is all one thing right now. And we uh, we deliver. <laughs> we do take out. I like, how, I like how comfortable you are saying that. It's just, uh, it's uncomfortably comfortable. It's not a permanent thing. No, nah, it's just weird. Um, um, and uh, yeah, I think those are all my plugs right now. Cool. All the other shit is closed. So we are Pan Kong Podcast on all the social media things. You can find past episodes at datemag.com slash Podcast. Listen to Pan Kong Podcast. Subscribe to Pan Kong Podcast on all of the things. You can also support what we do here and on all of our other Dade Mag things at patreon.com. Support! Slash Dade Mag. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Dade Mag. Patreon. As little as a buck a month. I've never even been on that website, but do it. We had a new person come on for a few bucks a month recently. You know, this is, uh, the movement is growing. Things are happening. Things are happening. So with that, we're out of here. I have been. We need to record an ad. Yes, we're about to record the ad that That's... you will already have heard. There's all kinds of time travel <laughs> happening on this episode. <laughs> I love time travel. That's perfect.